2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And as you know, we have been uh, in a series on Wednesday night entitled Ministry uh, Companions, and we have been uh, taking each lesson from 2 Timothy chapter number 4, the end of the final letter uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, before his death. And we're coming to the end of the chapter, if you notice, and um, there are three different, there are three lessons left. I'm going to take two of them tonight and attempt to put them together and give both of them this evening, and then that means we'll have one more lesson uh, next uh, Wednesday night in this series. And so I would encourage you to be back again uh, this coming Wednesday night as the conclusion, Uh, but tonight we will... Uh, put them together, and we'll get through it. And if for some reason I, uh, it goes a little longer than I think, then I'll chop it off and extend another week. But I, th- I think we'll be okay tonight. Of course, we've seen much in Second Timothy chapter four. Uh, we find those famous words, often attributed to Paul's last words: "I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith." In verse number seven, and I, I, as I look, as we've looked at this study, um, I hope I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed just in my own personal time studying this and, of course, then getting to get prepared uh, to teach to you. I trust that it's been a help to you. It's helped me. It's been an encouragement to me. I have found it fascinating that uh, the man, the Apostle Paul, that God used in such a great way is just a reminder uh, that we all have a role in ministry. We all can do a part in ministry. As a matter of fact, I've reminded you each week we're all in ministry. We are serving the Lord together. Uh, Think about this. When God created this world, he put all of us, he fashioned our lives, he gave us life, and he put us all here at the same time. He knew our lives would intersect. And that means that I get to have a part in your life. You get to have a part in my life. As your pastor, I get to to help you. I get to pray for your family, pray for your children, uh, help, help, help teach the word of God so you have the foundational principles. Uh, but within, we all get to help each other do the work of the Lord. What an exciting thing. Uh, what a great thing. And as we've seen all of these different characters, some are more prominent than others. And they're fascinating. Uh, Dr. Luke, uh, God gave Paul exactly who he needed in Luke. And others that are mentioned there, but if I'm honest, uh, this evening as I come to the end of the chapter, we're going to look at uh, verse number 20 and 21. These two verses are probably the most fascinating to me of this entire study. These two verses, I don't know why, but they speak to me probably in a little bit greater way than all the other ones that we've had. Now, don't get me wrong, there's some powerful lessons that we've already looked at. Uh, But I think as we look at this tonight and we we study them a little deeper, I think you may get an understanding uh, of why they speak the way they speak. Let's look at verse number 20 and 21. Erastus abode at Corinth. But Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. Now, if you just look at that on the surface, you may say, Pastor, why in the world do those two verses speak to you? Well, I just never heard those names before. That's why they speak to me. No, you think of the context of this passage of Scripture. Paul is coming to the end of his life. He knows his life is going to be taken for the cause of the gospel. He's addressing, we've already seen in in different times that 
he's giving Timothy instruction of what Timothy needs to be mindful of and what Timothy needs to care for after he's gone. Then he begins to list all of these characters, and we've studied out their significance to the Apostle Paul. This great man that God used in a great way, uh, he takes time to mention a husband and wife that were very special to him. He takes time to mention those that helped him accomplish the work of the Lord. Now we get to the end, and he mentions, first of all, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. He reminds Timothy, do thy diligence to come before winter, as we looked at last week. Eubulus greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. Uh, tonight, we're going to look, and I've entitled this by putting these two together, Honorable Mention, and All the Brethren. Honorable Mention, and All the Brethren. Father, I pray tonight that you'd help us as we look into your word. Uh, Father, may the truths that the Holy Spirit points out tonight, may they not only be obvious, but may they be helpful and encouraging in our service for you. May we all be reminded tonight that uh, we've got one life to live, and what is going to count for eternity is what we do for you. And Father, I pray that uh, you will bless your people, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're first going to look at verse number 20 tonight, and uh, we look at these two men, Erastus and Trophimus. Uh, these two men, they're interesting to me because of all the ministry companions Paul mentions, uh, these are the ones that come at the end, and there's lessons to be learned about these two, men's, two men. Obviously, uh, that we don't know them like we know Luke. Uh, obviously, we, we don't know them like we know or we've heard of Timothy. Uh, but they were important enough for Paul to mention before he signs off on, on, his, on his last letter. Before he closes out, the last correspondence we know of that he wrote, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he mentions these two men by name. So if he mentioned them, and if God thought it was important enough to preserve them in Scripture, so all of these years later you and I could read their names tonight, there's probably an important reason why they're in there. And I think as we look a little closer tonight, I think there's going to be some lessons that we see. Let's look at Erastus first. Erastus is mentioned twice in Scripture. He's first mentioned in Romans 16.23. If you want to write that reference down, Romans 16.23, I'll read it to you. Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you, and Cordus, a brother. Now, Romans 16.23 tells us that Erastus was the chamberlain of the city. Uh, what was the chamberlain? The chamberlain of the city was the one who was the overseer of the financial and business affairs. Uh, he was a man of power and influence. He did not get to this position in the city without being a well-learned man. He was educated. He made important decisions in that city. He, to say the least, was a prominent man. You say, Pastor, why is this important to know? Well, it's important to know because God wanted us to know this. But as we look at this a little bit closer, it reminds us that Paul was interested in reaching all kinds of people. It reminds us, as we've seen recently in our series on Sunday morning of John 3.16, that God is interested in saving every man. 
God does not discriminate against the rich, the poor. He, he's for, he wants to save all. Jesus died for everyone. And Paul was interested in Jew, Gentile. Paul was interested in the, in the richest. Paul was interested in the poorest. And it's a good reminder for us as a church and us as Christians and us in ministry that everyone can be reached with the gospel. Now, there's a greater lesson here I want us to see, and Paul was able to reach prominent people. Paul made an effort to reach every people in every walk of life. Now, let me say this. Every ministry needs men like Erastus. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The Emmanuel Baptist Church, uh, everyone is welcome at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Uh, rich, poor, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is not a country club. Uh, there, are, there, are, there are members. We have, we have many out tonight, but we have members who who come from great education. We have members who, ha who come from very little education, and, and everybody's welcome here. We do not have a caste system at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Uh, everybody has a part. Everybody can be a part. And we need to be reminded that just as we're not going to ignore those little children that live in the poor parts of town, we're not going to just drive by those that live behind gates either. Uh, everybody needs the gospel. And even those who are, now we're not going to ignore the poor to go after the wealthy, but, you know, it'd be nice to have some help pay the bills once in a while. Uh, and again, the point is, Paul tried to reach everyone. I'm afraid there's some things that happen sometimes in, in churches like ours because we make such a point that we're not going to neglect any, and I'll use the word class, we're not going to, re, re, we're not going to neglect any group of people no matter what, because you know, this is a cruel world. And you can be sitting on the mountain one day, and you can be in the valley the next day, and behind every person you, you come across, there's a story behind them. Even the person you see on the side of the road, there's a story there. That's somebody's son, that's somebody's daughter. Uh, we ought to be concerned about those people. Uh, but the people that we, that we look at and we see maybe the way that they have certain things, and say, why do they have all those things? They're not doing what they're supposed to do. Well, there's a story behind every person. You may or may not know that. But the point is, uh, everybody needs Christ. And there ought to be a church that everybody can be a part of. But God's ministry needs all kinds of people. And, and to the point that I want to make before I move to Trophimus, uh, when we make an effort, we say that we're not going to ignore anyone. Sometimes we do because we, we swing that pendulum and we ignore those that may have a little bit more means. Let's just be honest. Uh, those who live in big houses and those have more cars in their drive than they have children, there tends to be a little bit of, I don't need God. But I promise you this, Everybody has heartache. Everybody has needs. Some of the greatest heartbreaks are behind those closed doors that we just ignore. And Paul wanted to reach every individual he could. Let me give you an illustration some of you will relate with very well. Dr. Lee Robertson, who's, of course, in heaven now, he used to, Pastor the Lord used him to build the great Highland Park Baptist Church. Uh, he had a camp, Camp Joy. 
My, my mother actually attended Camp Joy in, in Tennessee, which was a camp that was used to reach thousands of children. I even have a much older cousin who was, who was killed several years ago who was saved as a child at Camp Joy. See, Dr. Robertson provided a camp for children who could not attend themselves. Any child who wanted to come and be a part of camp, they could come for free. And thousands came. I gave you two examples that are related to me. And there were certainly many others like that. But he did not just provide a camp where children who couldn't afford to pay to go to camp could go to, but he would also reach the men who would pay for the camp so that the kids could go to. And so uh, let, me, let me say just to say this, all of us can have a part in helping somebody. All of us can have a part in the ministry. And so Erastus was that kind of a man. He was educated. Uh, he, 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 was, he, was, he had some notoriety in the city. And so therefore, uh, he was a man that Paul reached, and he was important enough that he, reached, he mentioned him at the end. Now let's look at Trophimus. And there's a little bit more to say about Trophimus. Uh, Trophimus accompanied the Apostle Paul into Asia. Hold your spot in 2 Timothy. Turn to Acts chapter number 20, if you would. Hold your spot. We'll turn back to 2 Timothy 4 in just a moment. But in Acts chapter number 20, and then we'll look into Acts chapter 21, I want us to see what the Bible tells us about Trophimus, because there's some important truths I want to bring out about him that will give us some context and will shed some light on why Paul mentions him at the end of this letter. In Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 4, uh, we see in Scripture uh, what I just uh, mentioned to you. Uh, we see, in there accompanying him into Asia, Sopater of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus, and Secondus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timotheus, Timothy, we know Timothy, and of Asia, Tychicus, remember Tychicus, and Trophimus. So, in Paul's journey, now we have Trophimus entering with him into Asia. He was one of those who accompanied Paul on his missionary journey. Now, throughout the weeks, we've mentioned Paul's missionary journey and how he was going to start churches. He was going to tell people of a, of a resurrected Savior. And that resurrected Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, was the way to heaven. Not through the law, not through some religion, but through Christ. It was a, a work that uh, he worked tirelessly at. Uh, he, it was a work that he was dedicated to. We know that he had the disagreement with uh, even, even great co-workers because, and co-laborers because, uh, because John Mark had turned back and he didn't want to bring John Mark because he didn't think he was serious enough. So Paul was dedicated to this. There was beatings, there was imprisonments, there was all those things. And look who was there with him. Trophimus. Probably we've overlooked that as we've looked and read in our own Bible reading through the book of Acts. But here at this man, at the end of 2 Timothy chapter 4, he mentions. We look a little bit further, we get a little more context in Acts chapter number 21. Turn over to Acts chapter 21. And look at me in verse number 26. Then Paul took the men, and the next day purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, 
stirred up all the people and laid hands on him. Now they're coming after the Apostle Paul again. Look at verse 28. Crying out, men of Israel, help! This is the man. See, what you see in the media today, that's not the first time drama got out of control. Uh, you can see this unfolding. Paul is, is, is in the temple, and they see him them crying out. Verse 28, men of Israel, help! This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people, in the law, in this place. And further brought Greeks also into the temple, and hath polluted this holy place. Look at verse 29. For they had seen before with him in the city Trophimus, an Ephesian, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. Now, the next few verses tell us that the, the, the soldiers come and they arrest them, they beat them. What was this all over? There was an Ephesian, somebody they didn't deem worthy to be in the temple. Who was it? It was the man Trophimus who Paul mentions in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 20. Why would Paul, when he comes to the end of his life, and he's mentioning all of these people who've made an impact, who he's worked with, who's been his ministry companion, why did Trophimus stick out? Well, this gives us some context and some understanding of why. Because Paul was willing to bring him into the temple, and he was willing to go into the temple. Uh, Paul had created quite a stir because he had taken non-Jewish men with him into the temple. Among those men were Trophimus and Ephesians, the minds of the Jewish leaders. This was a violation that led to them beating Paul. All of these men, those we just read in the previous chapter, including Trophimus, dared to walk alongside Paul in places where they were not welcome. Paul, as you know, debated in the temple. When he went into a city, where did he go? He went right to the religious center to preach the gospel. You know, they, they tended to not appreciate that. When he was bringing a gospel, he was bringing a message that contradicted everything they believed. And Paul walked in dangerous places for the sake of the gospel. He was in prison for the sake of the gospel. He was beaten for the sake of the gospel. And, and this is kind of a side note. We're not asked to do a whole lot for the sake of the gospel when you put it in context to what the Apostle Paul and Trophimus endured for the sake of the gospel. But everywhere, when Paul was there, here is this man, Trophimus, who dared to walk alongside Paul in places where they were not welcome. Of course, they put themselves at risk because of the sake of the gospel. Now, think about this. Paul, I believe, would have done that no matter what. But I'm certainly, it helped him, it encouraged him to have a man with him. He'll say, Paul, if you're going, I'm going with you. If, if they, I don't think when it tells, says that they just beat Paul, they, they probably didn't exclude Trophimus. But he was willing to walk where the Apostle Paul walked. You know, you and I, we have an opportunity as we serve the Lord together to decide that as God points us forward as a church, we're going to preach the gospel, and we want men to know that they can be saved by believing in Jesus Christ. Uh, there's going to be some that don't appreciate that message. But we have an opportunity 
to stand with one another. We have an opportunity to go forward with one another. So he endeared himself to Paul for this reason. Now, look back with me at our text, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And notice something interesting. This is the last thing Paul mentions about Trophimus. Is in verse number 20. He says, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. So we know this about Trophimus. We know that he went on Paul's missionary journey, and he was there with Timothy. So now, Paul is writing to Timothy and giving him all this instruction, and he mentions at the end of his letter, Trophimus, who Timothy knew well, because when that group went with Paul, Timothy and Trophimus were together. He tells him, he's not here with me. I've left him because he was sick. So very simply and obviously, Trophimus was not able to be with Paul at this time because... He was sick. Now, let me make just a couple of observations of, of why I believe that Paul would mention that. One, it would do Timothy well to know this because they were co-laborers. But I think it, if we look a little deeper, I think it shows us, gives us some more insight into the Apostle Paul. And please don't miss this tonight. The first observation I make of the fact that he mentions that he was sick and he left him behind uh, that apparently it was not God's will for Paul to heal his friend. Let me mention this on the heels of that. Everything doesn't always work out the way we think is going to work out when it comes to reaching the world with the gospel or even serving the Lord together as a church. Now, if we could all map it out and say, okay, we're in agreement. This is the way we think God ought to do it. This is the way it's going to be done. We all signed off on it. God, just, you just need to rubber stamp that. And it's, that's not the way God works. And here we have that band of men that we read about in Acts. Paul is in prison. He's going to lose his life. He's writing to another member of that band, Timothy, letting him know the end's coming for him. And he mentions to him, he says, by the way, I want to give you an update on Trophimus. I couldn't bring him with me. He's sick. No, Paul had the power of God in his life at that time like no man had the power of God on his life. I believe Paul prayed for his friend. I believe as Paul traveled with these men and they, and they saw blessings from God and they endured hardships from God, God knitted their hearts. They, they, they found strength in one another. As mighty as a man as Paul was, God gave him companions to help do the work so they could edify one another, encourage one another. No doubt Paul prayed for his friend. But God didn't answer that prayer. How do we know that? Because he was left behind. This is just to remind you and I that, and I'll just say this, I don't know why God didn't heal him. Except for the fact that God used whatever sickness he had according to his purpose. It's to remind us that we have companions from time to time and everything's going great and we're serving the Lord together. And, and, and God is blessing and, and we're able to see God do things and then all of a sudden somebody can get sick. We've seen it in our own midst. We pray, we pray, we pray and sometimes God answers that prayer and sometimes God chooses to not answer that prayer. And some would say, oh, there must be some sin in that person's life. Oh, yeah, yeah, next time you get sick, we'll bring that conversation up again. But sometimes God is doing a work in His ways or above our ways, 
And it's just a point that our observation that Paul was aware. He said, he's sick. What do you think that said to Timothy? You think there was ever a time Timothy saw Paul pray for God to intercede in a life and death situation and God interceded? Oh, absolutely. There's much more there in the scripture that we just read quickly that we don't see. When Paul said to Timothy, I left, I left him behind because he's sick. What that was saying to Timothy is, oh, God must be doing something. The fact that God didn't heal him. Because Paul had prayed for him. Another observation I see from that is that Paul really cared for Trophimus. I hope you've seen that week after week. Paul did not use the people who he served in ministry with. They worked together. Paul loved them. Paul appreciated the work that they accomplished with him. It's a wonderful thing. We're blessed as a church. We're not perfect people. I knew I wouldn't get any amens on that, but we're not perfect people. But I do believe we love one another. I do believe when one of us needs help, the rest of us are quick to help. I do believe we pray for one another. I do believe we encourage one another. That's part of why we have a church. Uh, he, but we ought to care for one another. And he, this shows that he cared for his fellow servant. These ministry companions deserve honorable mention because the Apostle Paul mentioned them. They, they seem like irrelevant individuals when you compare them to Timothy and Luke and others, but they were important enough to Paul that he mentioned. It reminds me of how many people throughout history, we may know the name of the pastor, how many people by honorable mention did God use to help the pastor do a great work? Uh, you, you, you think about what God may, might have, have allowed you to do in your life since you've been a Christian. Serving in the church. Well, I, some could say I've taught Sunday school for decades. Some could say I've served in this capacity for decades. Some could say I've held this title position for decades. But don't forget about all those who deserve honorable mention who served alongside of you, who served with you. And Paul reminds us Hey, I'm aware, and they deserve to be mentioned. I'll move very quickly to verse, uh, verse number 21 so we can get to the rest of the brethren tonight. We see in verse 21, let's read it again. Do thy diligence to come before winter. You, let's greet thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia. And notice that last phrase, and all the brethren. So we've seen the honorable mention in verse 20, and now in verse number 21, we see all the brethren. The names that are mentioned there, uh, and I'll say them one more time just because you probably like to hear me say them, Eubulus, uh, Pudens, Linus, and Claudia. This is the only time in Scripture they're mentioned. This is the only time Paul makes reference to them. This is all we know about them. They're mentioned by name and then all the brethren. Paul is summing it up in, well, Timothy, everybody else that I didn't mention. And I want us to be reminded tonight, and this, this, this little part will be very quick tonight, uh, of all the brethren. 
The names of these men are unfamiliar to us from any other scriptural context. His ministry, Paul's ministry, was populated with men and women whose names are mentioned from time to time or not at all, who were never in the spotlight, but they were on his mind. Uh, This is good for not just the pastor to be reminded of. It was good for you to remember the first time you came to church and you got saved and all the people that helped you along the way. All the people who prayed for you, all the people that when you were discouraged, all the people when you were going through your trial, carrying your burden, uh, all the brethren. Well, we, we, we look at what God has allowed to do in our church and those that grow up in our midst and our young people and our families. And, and as we saw this past Sunday night at the baby dedication of, of couples who, who met here and and they are married, and now they're having children. They want to rear their children according to the things of the Lord. And and what does that's all? We all have a part in that. It's all the brethren. I'm not so naive to think that there's not people praying for my children, and I'm not even aware that they're praying for my children. I'm not so naive to think that there's even in my own family. There's not things that take place behind the scenes that aid and assist me, not just as the pastor, but me as a husband and as a father. If it's true of me, it's true of you as well. It's all the brethren. See, this reminds us that no matter who you are, no no matter how insignificant you think you are, first of all, you are not insignificant to God. God loves you. God sent His Son to die for you. But let me remind you as well, no matter how insignificant you think you are to the Emmanuel Baptist Church, you are not insignificant. Well, Pastor, if you were writing a letter, you wouldn't mention my name. Unless maybe it was Demas, but no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mention my name. But you're part of all the brethren. We are all in this together. I believe that there's going to be rewards in heaven that we're all going to be a part of because of things we did as a church. And everybody who has a part it would, would get an award, a reward for that. He acknowledges all the brethren. Um, it takes, if this, if this church is going to reach its potential for the Lord, which I have a desire for it to do, and I trust you do as well, it's going to take all the brethren. Every great work that God has ever blessed throughout history. Yes, there's been a man who has served under the Lord as the pastor, but it could not, I don't care who you name, I don't care how great the man is, I don't care what he's accomplished, how many books he ever wrote, I don't care how much scripture he could quote, he could not have done what was done without all the brethren. And the secret to a great church is not the man that stands behind the pulpit. First of all, it's God. It's God. But it's all the brethren willing to work with the man that stands behind the pulpit to do the work that God wants them to do. There are some people you can encourage better than I can. All I do is discourage them. There are some people you can reach more than I can. It takes all of us. It's it's important for all of us to understand this. Let me make just some quick observations about all the brethren. First of all, they were known to Paul. 
Though not necessarily in his presence, he remembered that they had sent their greetings, and under the divine leadership of the Holy Spirit, Paul mentions their names. They had a place in his heart. Uh, they, they were known to him. Sometimes, and this is where the devil can plant the seed of bitterness and hard feelings, Sometimes we do things for the Lord or we do things for other people and we get no acknowledgement for it. First of all, if you do it for Him, you don't need an acknowledgement for it. He's aware of it. But don't always assume that the person that you were a blessing to doesn't remember it and doesn't know it. Paul comes to the end of his life. They were right here in his heart. He remembers them. They were known to Paul. This is this. I don't know if this means anything to you. I, li- I like I like this observation. Nobody else in the world knew th- knew who they were. But Paul did. Paul knew them. They were Paul's brethren. This is kind of obvious because we're talking about uh, ministry companions. But Paul appreciated his brothers in Christ. Isn't it wonderful that the? I think most of us give a testimony. The closest people we have in this world are our brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a bond. I preached on this a couple Sunday mornings ago. There's a bond of the family of Christ. It's because we have the same Savior. It's because through Christ, we have the same Father. Therefore, that makes us brothers and sisters. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to serve with our brethren. There was a special bond between them. Uh, not only that, they were loved by others such as Timothy. Paul was aware of them. But let's think for just a moment. Why did Paul, certainly Paul had some lonely times. Paul had times to think. Paul had times to pray. But when he was writing this letter to Timothy, and he signed, before he signs off, he mentions them. Why would he feel it's important to mention to Timothy? Well, there's many, we don't know for sure, but there's many things that we can assume or suppose. One being they were special to Timothy as well. And Paul wanted them to know that they are sending their greetings. Maybe these were examples to young Timothy. And it would remind Timothy of the examples that were set before him. And that's what you and I have got to be reminded of. And I mentioned this Sunday night. We don't know who we're influencing. We don't know who's watching us. We don't know who's paying attention to us. I promise you, somebody's watching you that you're not aware of. An obvious one, I preached on a Sunday night, but I said, Mom, Dad, your kids are watching you. They watch what you do. They pay more attention to what you do than what you say. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you serve as a Sunday school teacher, you've got people watching you. You, you ushers that, that hold the door, and you, you know, have that gauntlet of a candy throw every week when the kids walk through. There's people watching you. People, some of you say, well, nobody's watching me. Oh, no, I promise you somebody is. Maybe Timothy, when he was a younger man, was influenced by them. Then I close with this. These were men with good testimonies. Maybe you may say, when I say that, well, Pastor, you... You said just this is all that is said about these men. It doesn't say anything about their testimonies. 
Scripture says nothing spectacular about them. But I think I can make the argument the fact that Paul mentions them means they had good testimonies. Nothing glowing or spectacular is mentioned about them except for the fact that Paul includes them in his greeting. But nothing negative was said about them either, like Demas. Demas at one time had served with Paul with some of these same men, but Demas left, forsook, because he loved this world more than he loved Christ. That's a negative mention in Scripture. These men, while we know nothing about them other than Paul mentions them in verse number 21, we can, we can draw the conclusion, I think it would be accurate to draw the conclusion they had good testimonies because of the context they were mentioned in. Uh, let I remind all of us what a, what a goal for you and I to have. I think when we get to heaven, it's going to be a wonderful time. We're going to see our heavenly Father. Uh, we're going to see our. We're going to be in the presence of our heavenly Father. We're going to see our Savior. We're going to see our loved ones who have gone on before us. What do you think about that? We're going to see the Apostle Paul. I, for one, sometimes when I get a little discouraged or sometimes when I think the ministries are too hard, I think of the Apostle Paul and think, one day I'm going to, have to, I'm going to see my Savior and I don't want to be ashamed because of what he did for me. But I don't want some of these men to think I was a... I mean, compare to what the Apostle Paul endured for the cause. You know, the average Christian today compared to what Paul sacrificed and endured, there's just no comparison. We're going to see Paul. We're going to see Luke, Paul mentions. We're going to see Timothy. Not just these that we've looked at, we're going to see Joseph, Elijah, Moses. Every character that's mentioned, we're, we're going to see them. Think about that. But you know who else we're going to see? Trophimus. All these unnamed who were mentioned. I, I say something like this regularly, and I, I think it's good to remind us, and I know there's not going to be lines in heaven, but some that we think are going to be in the back of the line in heaven are actually going to be in the front of the line. They're going to be the greater in heaven because they just faithfully served. And from the sound of the thunder, I, it sounds like I have 20, 30 more minutes to talk because you may not be going anywhere. But let me just close in this. Last, next, next Wednesday, we'll have the final, final lesson from this chapter. I pray and I hope that you get the lesson, if nothing else, there's a thread that seems to run week after week. We get to serve our God and we get to do it together. And every one of us can have a part. Every one of us is important. You may, Sunday may roll around and you may say, well, I just, if I'm not there, nobody will miss me. You're wrong. You're wrong. You'll be missed. 
Well, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't serve, if I don't get involved, nobody's going to say, no, 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 no. You need to serve, first of all. It'll help you stay close to the Lord. It'll help you grow as a Christian. But you will be missed. And let's just make up our mind that we're just going to serve the Lord together and what great things we get to be a part of.